Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, H-A-W-G Sports.com. Razorback Fall Camp in full swing. We're going to discuss that, possibly only that, on this episode of Hogsports Live. And before we get started, of course, I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. If you haven't followed the page, be sure to do so. Join the 80,000-plus who have already decided to do that. Also available on YouTube. Throw us a like or a thumbs up on both those channels on the YouTube. Be sure to hit the notifications bell so you're alerted anytime we upload new videos. Also available on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to throw us that five-star rating and leave a review. Let other people know what to say. It's especially important right now that we get out in front of people, and that helps boost the channel. Also available on Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. Hogsports.com is just $1 right now for your first month or 30% off your first year. There's no promo code needed. Just go to HAWGsports.com and sign up. Also sign up for our newsletters. Sign up for our breaking news text alert so you're notified anytime uh, there is big news. We don't send out a lot of those text alerts, only when there's big news. So uh, that is a service you'll absolutely want. All right. Fall camp, full swing. They just strapped on the pads yesterday, shoulder pads, I should say, as they call them, shells. They've been in spiders. Everybody's got different terminology for what they call the equipment. Arkansas calls it spiders on the days where they just have the padding underneath the shoulder pads. They have to go through progressions. I believe Wednesday will be the first day that they'll be able to strap on full pads. They'll be in shells again today. Shells is another term, just means helmet, shoulder pads, just the hard stuff. Uh, and then, of course, full gear uh, after five days of going through that. So it's either the fifth day or five days after five days or the fifth day when they can put on full pads. Regardless, it'll be Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm not sure. So, it's been fun. Uh, I will say this. My initial impressions with Arkansas have been to every practice so far. We get 20, 25 minutes or so of access to the practices. They usually have started for about 30 minutes by the time we get in there. And then by the time we leave, they take their middle of practice break. Then we've gotten, you know, I come home and I'll put all the notes out of everything that I see at practice. I will say the biggest thing yesterday, I haven't seen anybody else report on this. I don't know if I'm the only person that saw it or what, but Levi Draper was working with tight ends. That's the Oklahoma linebacker transfer who got hurt in the first game last year and missed the rest of the season, sat out the spring, and then third practice he's working over with the tight ends. He's not a super tall guy. I mean, he's like 6'1", 250 or so, so it's not like he's super, super tall guy. But that could be an experiment. They may just want to see how he looks there. Obviously, tight end is an extremely thin position. I haven't seen Aaron Outley out there, the freshman. So, uh, But tight end is an extremely thin position. We saw last year a lot of players move to tight end briefly, including uh, – let's see, who did we see? Eric Thomas, who was recruited as a defensive end, 
started off at linebacker, moved to tight end for a couple days, moved back to linebacker, then moved to defensive end. Marcus Anderson, who switched back and forth, split time at uh, tight end and offensive line uh, throughout the season, really. So when they have moved a player, it's tended to be a bigger, more physical guy. And now we have Levi Draper, uh, who's a linebacker, and we'll see if that sticks also. Um, the only wide receiver that they moved to tight end was Quillen Jackson, and that was by Quillen Jackson's request. So uh, it's it's pretty apparent when they think about a tight end, they want a big physical guy there that can that can help them in the blocking. So Levi Draper over there. We're just kind of going to go through. I want to mention this for real quick. So this is the first non-fall camp thing. But Manny Powell, Arkansas's linebacker commitment out of Ohio. Uh, as it's been mentioned, he had been transferring. Now it looks like he's transferring to to Fayetteville High School. So. They love the area here. I would say Manny Powell is a lock. <laughs> I would say that he's a strong bet to end up signing with Arkansas, not just committed. So uh, take, it, take it right here. He's moving to Fayetteville already. So good deal for Fayetteville High School. It's a heck of a linebacker addition. So I mentioned the position move with Levi Draper. That was probably the biggest thing. You know, Danny West had a really good article that I want to get into before I jump into. I'm just going to go position by position with you guys. Just what I've noticed, what my thoughts are overall with the team. We'll probably start with that. But the first thing is the size of these guys. They look like an SEC football team right now. And it is, it's kind of crazy. I had an article just recently on this that you can read at Hog Sports. I wrote it. Uh, I didn't. This is actually a VIP because I, I did put a lot of work into it just on – the different sizes with Arkansas's offensive line, how things have progressed. What's crazy about this is they averaged 25 pounds more per man than they did two years ago, 2019, last year under Chad Morris. That's a, that's pretty significant, 25 pounds per man on the starters. Now, what's going to blow your mind is four of the starters from 2019 are also starting right now. That's four of the starters – 25 pounds per man, 6'6", 318 pounds average across the board on the offensive line. They were like, what, 292, 293 back in 2019? 25 pounds per man. I think that's incredible. I mean, when you consider also that four of the same guys are starting. Now, when I look at offensive lines, I'm going to go ahead and jump into them. When I look at offensive lines, experience pays. Okay, now we talked about Tennessee's offensive line last year. They had four or five stars and a four-star starting for them. They were a good offensive line. They they weren't that good. They weren't that experienced. Look at Texas A&M's. There's not a bunch of like – I think there was like one four-star offensive lineman on Texas A&M's offensive line last year. But they were all veterans, all highly experienced. And we've talked plenty about Arkansas returning 45 to 50 stars on the offensive line. And and you've got some battles too going on. And I think that's helped them all too. Now – What's crazy is the real, like aside from like Dalton Wagner, who's 6'9, 330, and uh, Myron Cunningham, who's 6'6, 325, aside from those guys, the really massive, massive guys are in the freshman and sophomore classes. That's Takiyas Crawford, who's 355, um, Devon Manuel, who's 6'9, 363, I believe is his latest way. He's listed at 370 on the roster. I mean, just some huge, huge guys. Uh, you know, Jalen St. John, I'll say, because I've always kind of put uh, Marcus Henderson, who's easily the lightest. Marcus Henderson goes about 290 or so, and Sam Pittman said like last week at one point he was 283. That's that's not big enough. That's Chad Moore's size. He's got to, He knows he's got to get bigger, and I think we all expected him to be over 300 pounds, but he's working at right tackle, which I, I 
kind of had penciled him in as like our, you know, Arkansas's left tackle of the future. But they got Jalen St. John over there. Now, Jalen St. John came out at 359 last year. And Danny's got a great breakdown, average gain and loss per returnee. He breaks down every single one of them from last year to this year. I mean, I'd like to add this all up and see how much more weight all of them are, are doing. He may have added it up, and I, might, I may have missed it maybe to the bottom of the story. But uh, it's a great article that Danny really put a lot of work into, just every single player on the roster. Now, with Jalen St. John, he came in at 359 last year. He was at 340 in the spring, so pretty significant weight, dropped 19 pounds. He's at 330 now, and he is still incredibly wide. I mean, he is a wide-bodied guy, but – he, he looks so much better right now, and especially in his legs. Like, you know, you've got those big braces on your legs as an offensive lineman, and he just looked a little bit clunky down there, you know, just a little bit – a little chubby in the legs. And that's gone now. Jalen St. John looks the part right now. I mean, there, to him, Takias Crawford, I mean, Devon Manuel, I don't know if Devon Manuel's ready or anything. You know, he's, he's got to move some weight around. Um He's, you know, and especially he's kind of top heavy. He's got to move some weight around. But, I mean, when you look at those guys, they're just massive. And, like, Terry Wells isn't as big as those guys. You know, he's probably 6'4", a little over 300, 310 or something like that. He's long. You can tell he's an athlete. You know, Josh Street, the walk-on from Bentonville, who had Division One offers, FBS offers, and decided to walk on at Arkansas. He's another good-looking kid. I mean, they got 17 scholarship offensive linemen and, you know, three pretty quality walk-ons when you consider Austin Nix, who's – I think he's a junior now as a walk-on backup reserve center. Josh Street, who I just mentioned, is a freshman. Um, Drew Vess is another one uh, working over at uh, third group left tackle. So, they've got 17 scholarship seniors on the offensive line. I cannot remember when they've had that many. Even back to Sam Pittman. I can't remember before that when they had 17 scholarship offensive linemen. And that's important because you want to be able to go three deep, especially the way Arkansas two-spotting on one field. You know, they, they, they run, you know, the number two and four guys over on one field and the one and three guys over on the other field. So it's nice to be able to have at least 15 healthy scholarship offensive linemen, you know, and 17 that, you know, in case a couple of guys get ding, dinged up. And, and you've got then a couple of, you know, solid walk I mean, they that's a pretty solid – group in terms of the numbers and they've got a lot of experience I think there are reasons to be encouraged with the offensive line now I've said before they'll run into some buzz saws they'll run into Georgia and possibly Texas Alabama you know they'll run into some of these teams in the SEC with some really really great stout defensive linemen uh, and and they'll lose out on that battle most of the time now for the most part most of the teams that they face over 50 percent I think that they're going to do okay just based on what I've seen so far, what I know of offensive lines, what works with offensive line. And I'll say this about Cody Kennedy, new offensive line coach, was coaching tight ends in the spring. When I walked into the first practice, the first guy, the first guy, I was like, "What? who is that? It's Cody Kennedy. I mean, he's loud. I mean, he's getting after those guys. And I see what Sam Pittman sees in him from an injury standpoint. Still young, inexperienced overall. But, man, he gets after it. I mean, this guy is all energy. So, you notice that about a lot of the coaches. And what I also like about this coaching staff is they don't seem to have the need to, to cuss out the players. And that hasn't happened in a while, to be honest. I mean, like, I can remember when Petrino was at Arkansas, he, you know, he just let them have it. Um, so, I'm not saying that, like, happens or has happened a lot. But that is a policy with Sam Pittman just about, you know, not just, like, degrading players. And why would you? You don't have to do that. You know, you can get after somebody's butt – 
without, you know, calling them, as Sam Pittman said, MF and all that. <laughs> we didn't know how to write that. Curtis was writing a story about it. And he's like, should I write MF in the story or what do I do here? So, anyway, offensive line, they still got some battles going there at the guard spots. I think they're pretty well – I think it's going to be Ty Clary at right guard and left guard's going to be uh, – Luke Jones, even though Bo Lemmer, Brady Latham, you had to feel pretty good about those guys because they do have some experience. But, yeah, I don't I, – I mean, I think they're going to be okay on the offensive line. Let's shift over to quarterback because I'm going to I'm going to start – I'm just going to go one by one here on, on positions. And go ahead and get your questions, and we'll get your questions at the end. But with K.J., I think as KJ goes, this team goes because I think they got a chance to be pretty good on defense. Like I'm going to actually say, I think they got a chance. I mean, I I do, especially if they can stay healthy. But I think they've maybe got a little bit better depth overall. Maybe linebackers the question, but defensive line, secondary, you know, linebackers the question. But they've got an All SEC player. They've got the basically top two returning tacklers per game in the SEC. Bumper pull play, but broken ribs last year. People, you didn't know that, did you? That's why I always are like. I'm not going to say, like, somebody's loafing. Somebody's out there loafing. They don't care. They're not giving their all. They might have broken ribs. They might have a bad ankle injury. They don't report that kind of stuff. Nobody talked about Bumper Pool breaking his ribs in the second game of the season last year. All we talked about was he missed more tackles than anybody in the SEC. Well, he had broken ribs. So, anyway, quarterback. I keep diverting. But I think if KJ's good, then they're going to be good. If he's bad, then they're going to be bad. I just think that they have some pieces in place if they have a good quarterback. That's putting a lot on KJ's shoulders. It just is. Um, I thought Landon Rogers looks like a quarterback. He looks a little more quarterback than I thought. You know, he's kind of taller and leaner than I thought he was going to be. Like one of those guys that's like six three, but all a six three. It's a lot of guys say they're six three. Uh, but, you know, kind of an over-the-top throwing motion. But, um, you know, what I've noticed in these, in these individual drills is KJ uh, KJ doesn't throw as much like when they're doing one-on-one stuff. I, th- I think they save him for later on. There has been some reports that he's not throwing because he's got a shoulder issue. And I, from what I know now, that that's, that's not true. KJ's, KJ's good to go and healthy. So, but he hasn't thrown as much on those one-on-one drills. So those have been fun to watch. That's kind of been like the highlight of our, our. You know, I always like go around and look at the the newcomers and stuff. And we've got tons of video. You can go to Hog Sports and check out our videos. Uh, you know, both press conference and practice footage. Uh, I've take I, in the process. I haven't checked on it, but I'm uploading 130 photos that I took from yesterday. Like we do, like when we talk about fall camp at Hog Sports, we go above and beyond. Like just ridiculous. No, like. Who's uploading 130 photos each day of practice? You know, um, you know, putting up five minutes worth of, of practice footage out of a 20-minute segment uh, to watch, and just like I say we always overanalyze everything. And you know, I, I put you know most of our stuff, like my observation stuff, like that, it's going to be a VIP stuff. So you want to subscribe right now is a great time, one dollar right now. You can get all your fall camp coverage. So just overall with quarterbacks, I mean, I would say uh, you know Malik Hornsby has not had a great start. Yeah. Uh, from what reports had been, uh, like he had five interceptions that first day. That's not a great start 
uh, to camp. You know, a couple of those were batted up in the air. I know Bumper Pool got a couple of them. I think Malik Chavis got one of those also. But, um, you know, with Malik, again, you know, we always said, you know, it's, he's a guy that is going to scare people with his feet. So when he's live bullets and people are, like, fearing for their life that he could take off, because he'll be 15 yards downfield before you even know it. Like, he's that and just glides. I mean, just like – like, he's also, you know – Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own look to your left look to your right it's official no one's got a ride like this there's nothing else that sounds like feels like or looks like the set of wheels in your garage with over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Deceiving with his speed because he is so fast. So once that takes place, once people are like, oh my gosh, this guy, he could house it on us at any second, I think that'll really open things up for him in the passing game. But did not have a great start just throwing the ball. But that's not his game. He's not going to be just a guy that just sits back there in the pocket. I just, I don't, at least not right now. Running back, boy, A.J. Green. Raheem Sanders, those guys looked apart. And we didn't even see – like Raheem's – you know, it's again like Raheem Sanders had an ankle injury in the spring. Did you know that? I didn't. We didn't really see the Raheem Sanders. I like that guy. 6'2", 225. And I also think that A.J. Green is like bigger than I thought he was going to be, especially thighs. Guy's got some thighs on him. Love to see that with a running back. You know he's got drive and power. I mean, for a guy that we've talked about – like, why is he a four-star? Well, uh, he has a personal best of 10.38 seconds in the 100-meter dash to start. But on top of that, he's actually put together pretty well. 5'11", 200 pounds, so he's not a massive back. He'll be like 5'11", 210-ish, I think, before all said and done with him. But, I mean, both those guys look pretty good. Uh, Traylon Smith has looked good. T.J. Hammonds, I thought, has looked pretty good. Dominic Johnson might be a sleeper. You know, Dominic Johnson might surprise people. He's actually down five pounds to 235. The other guys, Hammonds, um, Traylon Smith, about five pounds, three pounds, five pounds up from last year. Josh Oglesby is kind of a wild card there, being, you know, 175 pounds, specialty guy maybe. But uh, the guys that really intrigue, I think, are the bigger – I mean – to have the size and speed that you need, like in the SEC, you got to have both. But the thing about, I love about Traylon Smith is kind of what Sam Pittman said. It's kind of what, you know, past coaches have said about him. is like he is just dedicated. All he wants to talk about is football. He loves it. And that's important. 190 pounds, so not massive. But there will be opportunities for a lot of guys. Wide receivers, obviously Traylon Burks, the thing that I like that I hear from 
other players about Burks is that he, you know, he has really started to polish up his route running. You know, he's dropped down. He's about 225 now, so he's dropped a little bit of weight. And, um, yeah, I mean, he's trailing Burks. I mean, he's got a shot to be the best wide receiver in the country if, you know, they get good play out of the quarterback. But everybody knows Traylon. We've kind of glossed over him. You know, we're just like, who's the next guy? Who's going to be next? Uh, Jaqueline Crawford had some good catches yesterday. John David White and Harper Cole, two walk-ons. You know, John David White's up to 185, and, and you, know, you can tell he's added some muscle. But John David, I mean, he looks pretty good out there. And, you know, Harper Cole does – Harper Cole catches everything. You know, the problem with Harper, he's about 5'9", so he's not huge. But he catches – I mean, it, it could be two inches off the ground, and he's going to find a way to scoop that ball up and catch it. Redshirt freshman, I believe, Harper Cole is. John David, I believe, is a redshirt sophomore. So, you know, Trey Knox, Warren Thompson, that's a guy that we haven't talked about a whole lot, a former four-star recruit from Florida State who transferred in. Didn't have any video of him, really. So, they recruited him off his high school film, didn't feel comfortable offering scholarships to come in, earn a scholarship. But he's a guy that I think, like, physically, the way he looks and stuff, um, compares favorably to Trey Knox. Which Knox, I mean, Knox is up about 215. He actually said he's maybe a little bit bigger than that now, as big as he's been in his career. And he looks, you know, a little more filled out. But Knox has to play like a big wide receiver. And I, I love that they're talking to him about that because that's what he is. It shouldn't be a 50-50 ball. It needs to be an 80-20 ball. So who's going to step up there? Devion Warren still got the brace. They're still, you know, kind of limiting him. They'll, they'll go hard one day with him and then, you know, take it easy on him the second day. But he's still got a brace on his left knee. Keetron Jackson, Jaden Wilson, Bryce, uh, Bryce, uh, oh, I'm forgetting Bryce's name, Bryce Thompson. That don't that doesn't sound right. Oh, that bugs me. What is his name? Bryce. <laughs> Bryce Stevens. Okay, there we go. Bryce Stevens. Uh, but Bryce Stevens is pretty intriguing because he could possibly return now. We talked to Kenny Guyton the other day. First time we talked to Kenny Guyton, I think. Maybe we talked to him on the phone or something when he got hired. But uh, Kenny Guyton uh, thinks that he could possibly be a return guy. I like his speed a lot. He's, you know, 4A state champion in the 100-meter dash, running the 10-5 range before. Everybody says he's just got blazing, blazing speed, Six foot 180, kind of a slot guy. He's a guy to watch. I like Jaden – and I said this in the spring, you know, Jaden Wilson's the – probably the most overlooked wide receiver out of the incoming group. 6'3", 175. I think he, like, when he's running, he looks almost small. I mean, he is – he's pretty quick. And they've been praising his route running ability. The thing is, you know, when the ball gets there, be 6'3", again, be a big target. But he surprised me a little bit. Because I've seen a lot of guys, like wide receivers come in, his size, you know, his recruit ranking, and they just kind of come in and, and you know, slip away. I think he might have a chance. We talked about running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends. I mentioned Levi Draper's over there. Hudson Henry looks good. He's up to 255. Got Blake Kern over there, of course, returning. So, you got those two guys. You need to stay healthy at tight end. Got to stay healthy there. You can't have Hudson Henry missing half the season again because of an injury. He's they got to have him this year. Now, we've talked about who's going to step up wide receiver there because you lost Mike Woods. How about Hudson Henry? That would be great. I mean, he's, he can be a real weapon in a passing game. What's your best friend as a new quarterback? Good tight end. Could be a good year for Hudson. 
I mean, we've already talked about the offensive line there, but they are – I mean, it's it's nice to see that they are just some huge dudes out there suddenly. I mean, they really are. And some guys that might push and compete. I mean, I could see possibly Takias Crawford. I could see him maybe pushing a little bit. You want to flip it over to defensive line, talking about big? Good Lord. John Ridgeway. 6'6", 320. I mean, from a combination of height and weight, he might be the biggest defensive tackle that I can remember covering at Arkansas. He's a big, big dude. Gets off the ball quick. Something all the linebackers have been talking about. It's like, wow, this you know, they're looking at him. He's right in front of them. This guy gets off the ball quick. It's a good trait. Big and quick. I mean, I don't know how it's going to shake out. Markel Utzi. Markel Utzi. I mean, he's a guy with SEC starting experience at Missouri. Actually played a little more defensive end in their three-man front. Trey Williams, a defensive end, starting experience at Missouri. Now, I've said Zach Williams is the best-looking defensive end on the team, but i got to retract that. And Zach, good-looking defensive end. Like, you can tell, like, his hamstrings almost have, like, bicep muscles on him. He's he really filled out in the offseason, especially the winter cycle. And he's up to about 260 now after playing, you know, probably under 240 last year and probably coming in at 220. So, to me, Trey Williams is the best looking in on the team now. He's probably 6'5", 255, 260. But you can tell, like, his arms – to me, like, Zach Williams will look like Trey Williams maybe in about another year, no relation. But, uh, I mean, he's, he's just really filled out. He just – he looks the part. So – I mean, on the interior, Ridgeway, Isaiah Nichols, who started seven games for him last year. Eric Gregory, I mean, he's probably more of a defensive tackle in a four-man front and defensive end and a three-man. But Eric Gregory is going to start for him, I think. I think he is going to start one way or another. I, I, I think that people might be sleeping on him a little bit. He's another guy that started, what, seven games last year. So, Gregory, Nichols, Utsi, Ridgeway. We haven't talked about Torian Carter, who had a really good spring. I mean, there are some possibilities there. And if you're looking in the younger class, Cameron Ball, guys, Cameron Ball reminds me a lot of Briston Guidry. Now, Briston, his problem was he couldn't stay healthy. I mean, he came on campus and immediately had knee surgery and just just couldn't get his knee – I mean, just couldn't get it right and, and ended up having to retire early. But he reminds me – Cameron Ball reminds – I think Arkansas might have stolen one out of Georgia with him. I mean, he's 6'5", 310 pounds – Great-looking kid. At the ends, you got Dorian Jarrell. We mentioned Gregory can play over there. Mateo Soli's up to 245. Zach Williams, 255, 260. Eric Thomas is another guy that can play. And, in fact, Jashad Stewart, who's up to 240 now, was 223 last year, so he's up 17 pounds. He's up to 240, and that's about where Sam Pittman said he needs to get, 240, 250. So, Stewart, I mean, Pittman was asked, like, who's going to start at defensive end and defensive line, and – you know, the guys he mentioned were Jashad Stewart and Zach Williams. It could go anyway. I mean, there's so many different possibilities. It's a great problem to have. It really is. And I can't believe, like, I, I, could, I could literally see any possibility right now on the defensive line, which is great because really you don't want your starters to play more than about 60% of the snaps anyway. 60-40 for your starters and backups. This is a great problem to have. Marcus Miller, as he mentioned, is maybe a second-team guy. He's down to 295. He's he, You can tell he's trimmed up a little bit. Yeah. 
Good looking group. <laughs> I mean, they they didn't get to the quarterback at all last year. Got a new defensive line coach in Jeremiah Lashley. Maybe that'll change this year. I don't know why they can't get to the quarterback. I mean, they've certainly recruited well at the position. There's a lot of guys with starting experience and guys who are four-star prospects. Now, linebacker obviously is an area that you need some help. And I don't know if Levi Draper going to tight end is going to be permanent or not, but you've got Grant Morgan, you've got Bumper Pool, you've got Hayden Henry, and then we don't know. We just don't know. Is Andrew Parker ready? He played some last year. JT Towers, 210, not big enough yet. I don't think he's ready if he's 210. Kellen Burrell, 205. He ain't ready, not at 205. So, I wonder about linebacker. You got Deion Edwards back who's got some experience. Andrew Parker, you need both those guys to be good. I mean, to me, these these young guys are just a little light, a little light in the seat. Grant Morgan up to 235. What a leader. What a dude, man. Grant Morgan. This is Grant Morgan's team. This is Grant Morgan's team. I feel confident in saying that. I mean, I've said this before, okay? But when you go, when you take a program and you go from, you know, the first year and that, and then that second year, when you when you have players who start taking ownership of the team and leading from within, policing each other, and you don't just have to rely on the coaches, but you've got guys like Grant Morgan who are just taking complete ownership from within before any coach has to tell them something. That's when you go from like foundation building to flowering as a program got to have guys like Grant Morgan in your program. And I'm going to tell you this, too. He's pretty distinct. And when we talked about, like, leaders that this program has had in the past, Grant's pretty distinct. I mean, he's – there's a group of guys. You know, I'm – you know, think about a guy like Trey Flowers, you know, Martrell Spate, Grant Morgan, Tyler Wilson. There's not a lot of guys like Grant. Thought he did a great job at Media Days, by the way. Man, if they could copy Grant, if they could have two Grant Morgans, you'd feel real good about that linebacker group. Grant, Grant, Bumper, Hayden. Hayden's got to stay healthy for him. He's got to, now, they've taken it easy on him all through the spring. Hope to get his shoulder back. But man, if he can stay healthy. Bumper Poole can play like a guy without broken ribs. They could be okay. They just got to stay healthy there. That's the that's the area. Tight end, linebacker. Got to stay healthy there. Defensive backs. Monteric Brown, I think, may be one of the more underrated players in the entire SEC, if not the country. Greg Brooks Jr. probably too. Greg Brooks Jr., I slept on him hard last year. He's not big enough. He's not physical enough. He's getting beat in the pass game. He can't take on a block. But being up to about 185 pounds versus probably – he probably was about 160 as a freshman. I thought he had a really, really solid year last year and a very underrated year. Very underrated. He, nobody's talking about Greg Brooks. People don't. People tend to do that with, with nickelbacks for some reason, but I thought he took on blocks well. I thought he tackled well last year. I thought he covered well. It's a tough 
position. I mean, you can be like the conflict defender for a quarterback all the time. What you do determines what the whole play is sometimes at that nickel spot. The, th- the whole play on RPOs. So there's that <laughs> in addition to you got to be able to cover a slot receiver who is ultra quick and you got to be able to cover him. And sometimes more and more this day and age, we're starting to see big guys like Traylon Burks. you got to cover a guy like that as a 5'11", 185-pounder. So it's a difficult position. And then the screen game. I mean, you're constantly locking arms. I mean, you're constantly locking up with guys, fighting off, fighting off uh, blockers. And also they're going to run at you. you got to be able to, t- to tackle. I mean, it is a – got to be everything at that nickel spot. It is more and more becoming one of the more key – like it used to be like almost viewed as a slight to put a cornerback at nickel. Like, you know. Well, they're moving me to nickel. You know, it's like the third third guy, not a starting cornerback. Not anymore. That is a vitally important position. I mean, there used to be guys like if you were like a 6'1", 210-pound guy, you were a tweener. You know, you were, you know, were you a linebacker? Were you a safety? You know, not, not big enough to be a linebacker, not fast enough to play safety. Now those guys like and are recognized in recruiting rankings and stuff like they used to like now nah, he's a tweener, not anymore, not anymore. That's a that's a vitally posi- important position. You've got guys like uh, you know Jacory Turner, I think, is a guy that they can put in there too. Probably goes six two two fifteen or so two ten, um, but he's another guy that you know is probably the backup there. Anyway, cornerback should be an interesting spot with Monteric Brown, and then the other side. Probably a battle between Ladarius Bishop and Hudson Clark. We spoke to Monteric and Hudson Clark yesterday. But a battle with those guys over there, Monteric and Hudson. Um, and then you've got Mon- – or excuse me, uh, uh, Hudson and, uh, and Ladarius. Um, but Monteric and then Kari Johnson behind him, who they really like. They think that Kari Johnson has just got to flip a switch and he'll be ready to go. And then um, behind him, I believe, is Kewan Parker, the freshman. So – they got some things to figure out at cornerback. It's definitely not as deep as the safety spot where you've got Jalen Catalan, returning freshman All-American, All-SEC performer, preseason All-SEC performer. I mean, Jalen Catalan is another guy that, you know, he may not be quite at the vocal level, but he's trying to get there as Grant Morgan, but he's a guy that everybody looks to on the team. It's just a sophomore. You got Simeon Blair, former walk-on who's played well. I think Joe Joe Fouché looks as good as he has looked his entire career. I thought he had his best season as a Razorback last year. And he was 188 pounds. He's about 205 now because his shoulder's not all screwed up. He's able to lift heavy weights and put weight on and and hold weight. So uh, he's a good bit bigger than he was last year. Uh, I think that, you know, we're going to see a lot of Joe Fouché. Whether he starts or not, I mean, I don't know how they're they're planning on doing it. They've got a lot of candidates back there. And then there's Miles Slusher, who's dropped 10 pounds, about 180. I think Miles Slusher could return kicks. I think he could return punts. I think he could play nickel, safety, corner, wherever. Wherever. Get Miles Slusher on the field. I think we're going to be saying that at some point. I think he'll make enough plays in the more limited time that he has out there that Razorback fans, media people, will be like, got to get Miles Slusher out on the field. I think he's got a shot to be really good now. He had a family uh, issue, I believe, a funeral. So he's going through his progressions. He was in a green jersey the other day. So he's kind of going through those progressions. Now, returns. We can't leave out, you know, kicker. I watched a little bit of Cam Little and 
uh, Matthew Phillips and stuff yesterday, but it's, it's hard to tell anything. I mean, they're kicking off that, you know, thing. There's, you know, kicking field goals. Vito Calvaruso is going to be your starting kickoff guy. I have no, no doubt, okay? But when I look at – when I look at return guys, it's just so cluttered. And I tried to get some clarification on Sam Pittman because there were so many people who tried out. It's like open auditions in the spring. Have you pared it down? Well, you know, there's guys that have joined the program that could possibly return, like, you know, A.J. Green or Bryce Stevens, I think, is an intriguing one. Kewan Parker. Um, uh, oh, what's the other defensive back? Chase Lowry. Um, you know, all those guys might be possibilities to return. Usually, you know, you're pulling from guys that are safeties, corners, wide receivers, running backs. Those are usually ret- your return men. But, you know, to me, I can understand, like, as a return uh, – on punt return, having a guy you really trust, you guy you know is going to field that punt. I can understand it on punt. I don't understand it on kickoff return. I don't understand why you'd have a guy back there who's like, uh, he's going to catch it. You know, okay, well, if he doesn't, then he's still going to be able to pick it up. He's going to have time. So, to me, get somebody explosive back there. Now, I like guys that are big, you know, like Josh Cribbs, for example, you know, might be the best all time. Uh, You know, he was great at punt return. He was great at kick return. He was better at kick return than he was punt return. Okay, 6'1", 215. Then maybe the best punt returner ever is Devin Hester. Devin Hester was a great kick returner too. He's probably a little bit better at punt returner, 5'11", 190. And that's kind of how I view things. Joe Adams, you know, Joe Adams probably 5'11", 190 pounds, maybe six foot. Make you miss. Make that first guy miss on a punt return. You can make that first guy miss, then you can be off to the races on punt return. Kick return, I kind of view it more of a guy that, you know, big. I like Rocket Sanders, for example, 6'2", 225, a guy that can get up to speed, hit what you – I guess you can't wedge anymore, but hit the sideline. Big guy, people bounce off him a little bit, fall forward, get some extra yardage. That's kind of what I view kick return guy. So I'm kind of thinking maybe like an A.J. Green, Rocket Sanders, and then, you know, punt return, maybe like a Bryce Stevens, something like that. I think Jalen Catalan could do it too. I think Jalen Catalan could punt return for sure. So that's just kind of my thoughts on it. Um you do need a guy back. Like, they're going to have two guys back. Dominic Johnson makes a lot of sense. He's a big guy, 6'1", 235, um, who can run and block. You know, that's the guy that needs to have some wits about him. Like, hey, you know, fair catch it or take a knee. Don't run this one out or be your lead blocker, you know. So, both guys back there don't need to be, like, electric. But one of them does. I think I covered everything unless I missed something. Did I get everything, guys? Y'all pleased with that analysis? My thoughts? I could probably go on and on, but I'm going to I'm gonna jump into your questions. Let's see how long we've gone here. Oh, 36 minutes. Pretty good. Take a sip before I get into the questions. Maybe I can survive past 50 minutes. My man Daniel Fair, what's up, brother? Nothing else going on, so I guess I'll listen. What's up, T-Bitty? So you'll guess you'll listen. You know you were waiting, Daniel. Appreciate you. Appreciate you being a long-term member also at Hog Sports. Hope things are working out for you up in Kansas. David Mitchell-Bell says, sweet, need a good update on how the football team looks so far. I think we did that, David. Hope you enjoyed it. Alex Hamilton says, what's the impact of recruiting? If any does, it have a recruit that moved. I'm not sure. 
what you mean there, Alex. Maybe rephrase that. Hey, by the way, I want to get this out of the way real quick. We're going to, as we jump into your questions, but if you haven't signed up at Hog Sports and you like fall camp coverage, you like, first of all, you like this coverage. You like the show. If you like the show, if you like the stuff, you know, we put out on the Facebook page, which is all our free content and stuff, come check out what we got behind the scenes. It's a dollar for your first month right now or 30% off for the whole year. I mean, we're okay. I don't mean to like brag or anything, but I'm just saying like, we're easily one of the 10 largest sites in the whole 24 seven sports network. And why is that? We're Arkansas, 2.9 million people in this state have no business being there, but we are. And it's because of, I hope the things that I do here, Danny West and his recruiting coverage, Curtis Wilkerson and his all around sports coverage, especially when it comes to basketball, fantastic basketball coverage. Great addition with Curtis Wilkerson. We've got a new guy also, Andrew Ellis. If you haven't followed Andrew Ellis is Andrew Ellis 247 on Twitter. But he's jumping into the mix with us. New guy. Testing him out. Trying him out a little bit. He's done good so far. Uh, But go check out Andrew Ellis on Twitter and uh, read his content also. But if you like the stuff that we do on Drive Time on this, come see what we're doing for our VIP subscribers. It's a dollar for your first month for you to try it out. And if you like it after that, you pay regular price. You get free Paramount Plus for the life of your subscription. Ten years you're subscribed to Hog Sports, you get ten years of Paramount Plus. It's $100 a year value for free just another streaming service like netflix or um, hbo max or apple tv plus any of those hulu amazon prime paramount plus it's got the whole like library of paramount movies all the tv shows comedy centrals included in that bet smithsonian i mean there's a lot of other channels that are all combined in there used to be cbs all access but now it's got you know in cbs all the cbs shows and stuff like that so I mean, it's it's a great service. I use it all the time. All right. And, of course, plenty of ways to watch the list on all those channels on Facebook Live, YouTube. Be sure to throw us a like, thumbs up on both those channels. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the alert button or hit the notification button so you're notified anytime we upload new videos. Also, um, follow the page on Facebook Live. 80,000 others have. Also available on Apple Podcasts. Throw us that five-star rating. Also available on Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. Let's jump into your questions now. Sometimes I can talk fast. I always think it's important to get a lot of information out in a short amount of time. As a media person, I get frustrated with people who don't do that. You don't tell me the same thing twice, right? All right, Mark Rodriguez says, so Tyler Wilson said last week his biggest concern was our quarterback situation. I thought after three years, KD should be as good as any. I mean, that's my biggest concern too, Mark, because of the unknown. We have no idea what to expect out of KJ. I mean, we do a little bit. We've seen a sample size from Missouri. But really, I mean, week after week after week, is he going to be there? Is he going to have off weeks? Is he going to have certain tendencies that we're just like, there's that again? Come on, KJ. Come on, K. You can already see yourself. Come on, KJ. What, are you, what is he seeing there? Or, come on, KJ, one more time right here. You got this, KJ. What is it going to be? Like, what's, what, what is our reaction to KJ Jefferson going to be? I like KJ. I think he looks like a man. I think he's different than any other quarterback in the country. I mean, he came in there with that T-shirt. Some people call it a wife beater <laughs> with that T-shirt. I mean, just kind of scowling down on all of us. He looks like he's about 260. He doesn't look fat. He just looks like a big old dude. Just kind of like looking down on all of us at the media. I like the looks of KJ. Now, can he play quarterback? I don't know. 
I know he's made a lot of progress just from a technique, fundamental standpoint since the day he arrived. He's a big old dude who can run. I mean, he's two – what is he listed at? 245, I think. So, he's listed at 245. I'm just saying he looks all of it. 6'3". Long arm guy. I mean, he big old legs. He can move a pile. I think he's a guy that they'll follow. We'll just see if he's good. He's got to make good decisions. We may see a lot more RPO stuff. Oop. Let's knock that over. We see a lot more RPO stuff with him this year. I mean, basically a, an option for him to run every single play. But I agree with Tyler, and it's because of the unknown. You just don't know. Now, I think in this practice, like, we're not probably going to be able to watch scrimmages. Maybe we'll get to see it some of one or something. But to me, in these scrimmages, he needs to be 70-plus percent passing because he knows he's not getting hit, okay? Um yeah, there's just a lot of reasons why the wide receivers know that they're not getting hit either. So, to me, you know, in this all this practice stuff, now maybe it's a little bit different in, uh, you know, in actual scrimmages where the wide receivers can't be hit, but they're not getting laid out over the middle. They're not getting hit below the waist. They're not taking a shot in the knee. They know that. And people may not know that, but in scrimmages, there are like certain guidelines like take care of each other, hold each other, don't let each other fall to the ground if you can, keep it above the waist on tackling. A lot of people don't know that. Sometimes we judge the defense. Oh, the defense didn't do this. Or they didn't tackle well and all this stuff. Well, they're they're limited on some stuff they can do. But um, to me, like, he needs to be over 70% passing to feel good about the situation. You know, like Tyler Wilson, as you mentioned here, Tyler would go out there and complete 85% of his passes in a scrimmage. I mean, it was translated to, you know, what, 65% completion percentage in games. Casey French Fulton says – yeah, you've been looking forward to your life. Appreciate that, Casey. So ready for football, less than four weeks to go. I mean, it'll be here and gone, won't it? It'll be here and over before you even know it. I don't even feel like the offseason happened. It went by so fast. It's time these days. Aaron Stalling says, Trey Biddy, Arkansas, will have a good seating. Moses is going to have the defense on point. I think the defense, regardless, has a good chance to be a lot better. I mean, I, I, I shy away from saying good. I do, but – I. I feel like they got some parts there. I mean, they're super strong looking up the middle right now, like right up the middle of that defense. We talked about Jalen Catalan, Fouché, Blair, then, you know, the safeties, Grant Morgan bumper pool, and then, you know, that interior defensive line. I mean, that's that's a good sign when you're like stout right up, right down the pipe. I, I, I think they got some pieces, guys. I really do. I mean, it's, it's so much is going to depend on K.J. Jefferson, guys. But I, I think they got the parts in place to take a really a, a, a decent step forward. I think they've got a certain belief about them. Now, we can talk about the parts and all that stuff we want, but these guys are with this coaching staff also. You can see it in practice. You can see it the way they talk about them. It's just a little different. And it's not just like what they say about them, but how they say it, you know, like just the energy coming off of them. I don't mean to get anybody too excited, Randall Files. I know you're getting excited. I, and, again, I'm not saying Arkansas is going to be great, but I am going to say I think that they're going to take Arkansas, you know, take this team to a place, these coaching staff, these players. I think they're going to take them to another another step above. And I'm, I'm kind of leaning maybe – I, I kind of entered the spring going, all right, six wins, where are we at? Which way are we going after this? Six? Are we going five? Are we going seven? I'm kind of tilting a little more towards seven right now. And I always try to guard against because I know the natural instinct is for me to drink the Kool-Aid for everybody else. 
I mean, everybody's starting to drink Kool-Aid. Everybody's starting to go, ah, nine, ten wins. I know, so you have to be aware of that. But I think it's a good-looking team from a size standpoint. I think they got some weapons. I think they got some dogs. I think they have lacked that a little bit, if you know what I mean. Like just guys that will, you know, just rip your heart out. Guys that are just violent. I think they've missed that a little bit. And I don't mean just like defensive players, but offensive guys too. And I think they've got a little bit of that on this team. Trey Flowers, you know, Martrell Spade. Those guys, those guys would take your lunch money and eat your lunch, as somebody said about K.J. Jefferson. That's another guy. Just kind of has a little bit of a dog in him. you got to have it. you got to have it in anything. I mean, if you're going to be successful at anything, you've got to have some dog in you. Arkansas hadn't had enough of those guys lately. Aaron Stalling says, oh, we read our Aaron Randall Files. Nathan E. Allen says, hey, Trey, is Arkansas capable of ever winning a national championship or is 10-11 wins our limit? I would say if they go to a 12-team playoff, that gives Arkansas a better shot. I mean, it's hard for me to say, given the state of the program that they've been in, for me to ever say that they have a chance to win a national championship. But the stars align for programs. I mean, lately it's been the same team. It's been Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. Oklahoma been in the playoffs, you know. It's rarely somebody else that's making that group. So, from that standpoint, yeah, it'll be nice to see some other teams whenever that comes around. But um, I'm, I, I can't say that Arkansas is capable of winning a national championship right now. I hate to say that, but right now, until this program takes another significant step. But so much is in place here, guys. I mean, the one thing that, that's hard for Arkansas is the population base. I mean, there's not enough great athletes coming out of Arkansas for football. Basketball is another story, but there's not enough great athletes coming out of football for football in this state. So that's the one thing. People can say, well, Arkansas has a stigma. Every state in the Southeast has a stigma attached. People can say um, – they can say whatever they want. Arkansas has a strong brand. Arkansas has – tremendous facilities when I just look at like we're going to the Brule Center the new Brule Center and I look at some of the stuff like the just the the attention to detail just how sleek everything looks just how far things have come from a time 10-15 years ago when I thought Arkansas all they needed to do is close in the stadium and they'd be good I mean the Jerry and Gene Jones Student Athlete Success Center I mean they have got everything nobody's on TV no coaches on there saying hey Call the Hogs program, donate. We need a new training table. I mean, nobody's saying that anymore. There's nothing nothing left. There's, I mean, aside from like maybe one day they do like LSU did and make the lockers turn into beds. I mean, I remember when they didn't have – their lockers weren't worth a damn. The game day lockers and the practice lockers were the same. They've got state-of-the-art game day lockers, state-of-the-art practice lockers in separate different facilities. Used to be like all the freshmen changed in this locker, the walk-ons over in this locker, and then they had you know the older players over here and these small you know it's just it's not even close the facilities that they have here. What they have lacked largely is a strong recruiting base, and that can be overcome by winning by getting the right coaches in here. And so much of it comes down to coaching people. I mean, people can talk all they want about. You know, I saw this list about the best jobs in college football. Alabama, number one job. Yeah, why well, Nick Saban's got the job. Ohio State, 
Georgia, number two. Yeah, when Kirby Smart has a job. It's about the coach that's there now. People can say this is a great job and best job in college football. It's about the coach that's in the seat right now. One of the best jobs in college football is LSU. I mean, you've got talent on talent, and you're the only school in that state. And when you really break down, like, the qualities that LSU has in terms of having just athletes coming out of there, being right next to Houston, not having anybody else, the only school that can come into LSU's territory in Louisiana and take a guy out of there is Alabama, and that's because they got Nick Saban. Georgia is a great job. Who's Georgia competing with in the state? The only problem Georgia's got is everybody's dipping into Georgia. Everybody's dipping into that state. But they produce so much talent. But Georgia doesn't have Florida, Florida State, Miami in their state. They got Georgia Tech. They're not worried about Georgia Tech. That might have been a great rivalry one day, but it's an afterthought now. Georgia's not worried about Georgia Tech. They're they're taking who they want in Georgia for the most part, and if anybody's beating them, it's Florida, Alabama, Auburn. Auburn, I guess, can't. Auburn, I should mention, and my Auburn's two hours away from Atlanta, an hour away from LaGrange. So maybe Auburn counts. But Arkansas is capable of more. I am going to say that. Like, I don't know that, again, I'm not going to talk, ever talk about a national championship with Arkansas until they start taking steps in a different direction. Like, I'm, I'll start talking possibility of national championship with Arkansas basketball. Not football yet. They've got one problem. One problem. And it's they're not two and a half hours away from Dallas. They're five and a half. Mark Douglas says, Lyman, maturity experience matters. You know your body and better at feeling your way into winning leverage battles. Yep. It's important to understand leverage. Isaac Riley says, I'm trying to hold back the excitement of Razorback Sports and NCAA football game coming back soon. Derek Simpson says QB2 and QB3. I would say right now it's still Malik Hornsby. He's got to do a little bit better passing. And then Cade Renfro, Lucas Coley, those two battle, battling for number three. Sam Kerr says, have you seen KJ run? How does he look to you from the little practice film I've seen? He looks accurate for sure. I, I think KJ is going to be um, really good for them in the run game, not just like running and picking up yardage, but also buying time. I can imagine like uh, a defensive back, Safety coming on, um, you know, a blitz or something, and you know, just just hanging on him, <laughs> trying to bring KJ down while he just sits there and still finds his open receiver. So I think that could be a good aspect that KJ has, and I also think uh, you know, third and one, third and one, KJ is going to get it. I think so. Rich Hegway says, "Hey, Trey from Costa Rica." Love your reporting. Trey Knox looks like a defensive end. Yeah, Knox has definitely added some weight. I mean, if they could get Knox going, that would be really big. But he has not been he's not been good since. And by the way, condolences, Trey Knox. He lost his dog. I hate that bear. That, that, on the first day of camp, I mean, that's just that's awful to an accident. Um, but anyway, uh, Trey Knox. Man, if they can get him going, him and Warren Thompson, two guys, looks very similar. But he has not he's not performed like the number two hundred and twenty eight ranked overall prospect in the country, four star recruit like he was when they came in since the fourth game of his freshman season. J.R. Wallace says, What are the chances Jackson making an impact on the passing game from the tight end position? What are his measurements since the move? Jackson. 
I mean, Keytron Jackson, I think Keytron has a chance to play. I mean, he's a good-looking kid. I like all three of those freshman wide receivers. Keychon may be a guy that could could emerge there. Um, you mean Draper? Draper's 6'1", 250. Brent Trebo says, Draper's still working at linebacker, too. I only saw him at tight end. Jacob Kloster says, so you're saying KJ or no one, none of the other quarterback. Now, I wouldn't say no one because I do think Malik Hornsby can bring a totally different aspect to the quarterback position because of his speed. Now, I wonder about him as a passer. I don't like some of the things I saw in the spring game. I don't like that he threw five interceptions in that first practice. But, man, his speed is breathtaking. I mean, like, it's just like, oh. <laughs> Joyce Rathke says, did you get a picture of number 79, Harding KJ? Um, I don't know what Harding KJ is, but um, Joyce – I will get a picture of Dylan. I don't know that I got a picture of him the other day, but if I if I get past him, I will get you a picture of Dylan. And uh, Dylan was running – I believe he was running third team left guard last time I saw him, but I'll get you a picture of, of him. Appreciate you joining in, Joyce. Jacob Kloster going to have – going to have to get much better recruiting classes for that to happen. Yeah. I mean, you got to win with good players before you win with great players in a lot of cases. I mean, you're still they still have great players on this team. Have more great players than they've had recently. Jerry Walker says, any good backs? Yeah, we talked about running backs a little bit. Sterling Reed Bowen says, you think if we stay healthy, we could become one of the most dangerous teams in the country? Do you think we have a chance to finish top 25 rankings this year? I wouldn't – I'm not going to rule it out. Again, so much depends on KJ, but I think they've got the parts at the other spots. It would have been nice for Mike Woods to return, but he didn't. But that would have helped. I think they – I mean, it's the it's the known with Mike Woods versus the unknown. But everywhere else, if they stay healthy at tight end, stay healthy at linebacker. I mean, they got to keep Grant Morgan healthy, Jalen Catalan, Draylon Burks, KJ probably. I mean, yeah, there's some things that have to happen. you got to get lucky along the way. It's, it's a game where luck matters. We know that with football. you got to get lucky. you got to get some of the right calls. We don't want to be sitting here in the season talking about – Joe Fouché recovered that fumble against Auburn. Joe Fouché recovered that fumble against LSU. Joe Fouché should not have gotten a personal conduct foul on third down for doing like this to his own team. We don't want to be talking about that, right? That's going to be part of it. And we've talked a lot about the SEC lately, too. We've talked so much about the SEC and how it's the best conference. It's adding Texas, Oklahoma, of course, because it's the best conference in the country. There's nowhere else better to be. But let's don't forget for a second that they totally screwed Arkansas over in that Auburn game and then didn't have the damn decency to apologize for it, came up with some lame excuse on Twitter. That's all they ever talked about with it. They really impacted him in that LSU game with that fumble. And absolutely in the Missouri game, Joe Fouché didn't get hit with that personal foul. They're coming off the field most likely. Grant Morgan injures his knee later in that game on that same drive. Don't get me riled up now. Starting to. <laughs> All right. I actually knocked the cord loose a little bit, so my monitor's firing back up again. Come on. <laughs> I hit the table a little too hard. One time I was next to Jim Harris in the press box, and he had his, his, computer, uh, his computer wasn't going. And he just slammed it. And, I mean, it 
killed it right there, right there, right before the game starts. Sorry, Jim, to out you on that. All right, where are we? Ethan Roberts says, love the show. I have high expectations for this team. No unreal thoughts, but don't see us being behind schools in Auburn. Seven wins, but doable. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think you're probably about right. It's probably about where I am. Seven wins. I'm not willing to say eight just yet. It's just, again, there's an unknown at the most important position on the field. I think they got. I think they got some pieces on defense. I think we could see. I'm. I'm, I'm going to say middle of the pack defense. I think they got a middle of the pack SEC defense right now. So much can depend on how the offense does. Hey, the offense is just lightning. Like look at Ole Miss. Ole Miss had the worst defense in the SEC last year. Most points surrendered. Most yards surrendered. They were awful. But they also had the most explosive offense in the in the, in the SEC. And there's a trade off there, right? So probably defense not as bad as you thought because of the way the offense was. So if Arkansas's offense gets going, yeah, it could impact the way that the defense looks. But I think they got some real parts there. I really do. You may come back and say, God, Trey, you're stupid at the end of the season. Throw this back in my face. Sam Kerr says, agree. We swept the Mississippi schools last year and got picked behind them. How humorous the media treats our hogs. Well, they got to go to Ole Miss. They got Mississippi State at home. Anytime you go on the road in the SEC, it's hard. All right, I'm going to skim through these here because we've gone almost an hour. Yeah, we're 58-41 in. So, do you know why Khalil Ware chose Oregon over Arkansas? Don't. I don't know that he was ever really going to come to Arkansas. So I think maybe he just wanted to get out of town, but I don't know. That's a good question for Curtis Wilkerson. You can ask with a VIP subscription over at hogsports.com. I guarantee you he's, he's fielding Khalil Ware questions right now, maybe in the chat. I could say because we put more into transfers this year than high school recruits, he can still change his mind, though. Yeah. And a lot of talk about Khalil Ware from 30 minutes ago. Man, we've got this many questions. I might have to skim through these real quick. Hmm. How's Christopher Paul look at linebackers? So the linebackers are all the way on the complete opposite side of the field. So while we have been able to move around this year, which has been nice, we have to go from the 15-yard line over to the goalpost, so basically like an L, and then 15-yard line of the other goalpost over there. So the linebackers are just all the way on the other side of the field. So I haven't seen Chris Paul really at all. Devin Bush, he's still with the team. He's still there. I haven't heard a whole lot about him just yet. Trey Biddy has a hot Jewish wife. My wife isn't Jewish. What are you, what are you talking about, Doug? <laughs> My life is not Jewish. <laughs> Jordan Barnett, she is hot, though. Jordan Barnett says, I'm of the opinion Hunter Juracek is the best AD in the country, possibly. I think he's done a good job. I don't think there's much to complain about. I wish he could have flexed his muscle a little bit, got that schedule a little bit better last year. I don't know, maybe it'll pay off down the road. Maybe there's some kind of trade-off for taking that. What do I think about the Longhorn Sooners joining the SEC? I said it's going to be even harder now. I mean, it will be unless they have to play Alabama every year. I mean, that might be a trade-off. I think I'd rather play Texas or Oklahoma than Alabama. Is KJ's time to shine? And he will. 
Big quarterback with the arm, big body, he'll punish defenders. Hear nothing good things about Renfro, quarterback, serious candidate play. I don't know, maybe. I mean, it's early to say, but I thought he looked pretty good in the spring. Thought he did some good things so far when I've seen him. What do you think Trey Knox will have to do to have a great season? Be a great possession receiver. Catch those jump balls. Make those 50-50 balls 80-20 as we were talking about. Kenny Guyton said that. It's not me. But, yeah, I mean, I think he's put in a really strong offseason. We'll see if it plays out. I mean, to me, Trey Knox doing anything, realizing his previous form is a bonus at this point. 26 days to raise back football, says Sterling. Who do you think is going to be the underdog player on the defense and offense? Underdog player? Hmm. Could be Zach Williams. Does he count? I don't know. I mean, they've got so many returning guys, it's hard to say like somebody's going to be an underdog. Can we try special teams to be better? That's I mean, that, we talk about how many wins they're going to get. Special teams have got to be better. Special teams has got to be better, or we're, we're leaning more towards that five, not seven. Guys, my voice is starting to – I can feel it. So I'm tuckered out. Hopefully Arkansas has a little more endurance than I do. But I usually don't go over 50 minutes on these. I'll swap out Oklahoma for Texas any day. We're playing Alabama, Florida, LSU. Where's Devin Bush? He's still there. We haven't heard anything to really yet. How's the walk-ons list? We talked about a couple of walk-ons. Street kid out of Bentonville. Which decision you see the most problem? I think we talked about that. Probably tight ends just because of depth. Linebacker because of depth. Not because of the, there's not talent there. Special teams, I mean, you just don't know on special teams. You spend a lot of extra time there. Marco Giles says, Trey, you got to get a story or a pick with all the players named Trey or Trey on the team this year. COVID's him straight. No, I don't have COVID. Uh, I hope not. I guess I could. But I try to keep it – try to try to stay safe there. Um, and, Marco, I'll say this. We were talking about this yesterday with the media groom, but, like, all the players named Miles on this team, like, I cannot remember a player named Miles on Arkansas's roster. Maybe somebody else that got close guy I could think of was Colton Miles Nash, and that's a hyphenated last name, not even a full last name. <laughs> so, but then they get, you know, Miles Mason, who's since transferred to Louisiana Tech. Miles Mason, Miles Slusher. They got a commitment from Miles Rouser. All those guys are safeties. I've talked about that a little bit. Like, was there somebody like 18 years, 20 years ago named Miles? It was like, it was Darius Miles, the guy that, like, everybody loved or something. Like, why do all these guys name their kid Miles? Anyway. All right. Bill Hesher says, thanks. Great job. I'm going to leave it on that note. I am struggling to finish this out. I mean, talking straight, like, I don't even have a guest on. Just talking straight about Razorback football for an hour and four minutes. That's a lot. All right. Thank you all for joining us. Appreciate your questions. Sign up at Hogsport if you haven't done so already. You're going to like the content. If you don't like it, it costs you a dollar. You can cancel it. You're not going to want to cancel it, though. Once you get through there and see everything we offer, the message board, the discussion, insider posters, great conversation, like-minded Razorback fans. We treat it like a bar. We don't allow fights at the bar. We'll toss you out if you fight. All right, everybody. Go sign up at Hogsports.com for your Razorback coverage. You're going to want it. You're going to like it. It's been Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com. Whew. We'll catch you next time.